All right. Good morning, everyone. How are we today? I hope everybody's had a good time in their in their small group class and uh, just learning about God, learning what God wants us to do uh, with our lives and what, what He wants to do through us. We're glad that you're here. If you're a visitor with us today, we have a gift bag for you in the back. If you would, uh, see a greeter back there and, and we'll get you hooked up. Just a, a gift from us to you to say welcome. We're glad you're here and just uh, allow us to know any way we can pray for you and work with you in any way possible. You see the, the, the picture on the, on the screen there. This was taken by someone in the community last night. That's gorgeous, isn't it? Amen. We're reminded frequently of God's blessings, <clears throat> the promises of God, and God takes care of us. Amen. Amen. Bless God for those promises. He is faithful to his word. Amen. Uh, today, the, we, we are a little bit low on, a, on attendance. We have a group of kids at kids camp and some adults, and uh, man, they're having a blast and uh, just being blessed in so many different ways there at Lookup Lodge, um, down where the youth were several weeks ago. So uh, continue to pray for them. They'll be home tomorrow uh, around lunchtime. Also, today uh, is probably going to be the last day to sign up for the men's retreat on November the 4th, the 5th, and 6th. Uh, the sign-up sheet for it is in the back here at the, at the information table. And also Wednesday night, uh, we're having our back-to-school bash. Uh, so if, you've, if you'd like to contribute to that in some way, make an offering to the uh, mission fund. And then the SOS group on Sunday, uh, Tuesday morning and Tuesday night are going to be filling bags for Wednesday night. So um, we're going to need some help Wednesday night too. So make plans to be here, to be a part of that. Uh, where we can uh, just have a chance to love on our community a little bit on Wednesday. All right? Let's, uh, let's join together in prayer as we begin our time of worship this morning. Amen. Almighty God, we do come before you this morning, acknowledging you as our God, as our Lord, our Creator. God, you created everything, the heavens and the earth. And you created us, God. And we acknowledge today, God, that you are our Lord, our Savior, that we are the saved, and so, Father, we come today to, to lift up your name, to exalt your holy name today, God, because you and you alone are worthy of our worship and our praise. Father, we pray today that our worship would be, would be pleasing to you, and God, that we would have a heart of worship today as we come before you and lift up our hearts in song and prayer and, and, the, and the, the preached word. God, hear our hearts and hear our prayers today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
again, couldn't they? Amen. Bless the Lord. Is your life built on the solid rock of Jesus or the shifting sands of the world? That song, uh, Honey in the Rock, is, is praising God for His provisions. And, and He provided for the wandering Israelites uh, manna on the ground every morning when they woke up. He, he quenched their thirst with uh, water from the rock. Um, so we can trust God to keep the honey flowing in the in the least likely places that we can imagine. Praise God for His goodness. Amen. Amen. Well, according to, uh, <clears throat> we're going to be in, in Genesis chapter 11 this morning, if you want to turn there. According to the World Atlas, worldatlas.com, there are around 7,000 or 7,100 different languages in the world. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of different languages. There's about 2,300 languages <clears throat> that are spoken in Asia. There's about 2,000 different languages spoken on, in Africa. And New Guinea is the most linguistically uh, diverse country with 840 different languages. Compare that to the United States, there's about 347 different languages here in the United States. And then you have all the different dialects. You've got the, the Uralese and the, the Bostonese, you know, uh, the, the, the redneck and the Yankee, okay? And then you've got teachers. They have their own language, don't they? And preachers, we have our own language. <clears throat> teachers, they've got, you know, I've heard most say, and, and I think, what is she talking about? You know, she's talking Hebrew to me. Avid and SCASA and FADEPT and FASPA and GT and PLO and ELA and ESOL. All those different letters and words mean something. And then on the preachers, you've got eschatology and apologetics and rapture and tribulation and justification and predestination and Armageddon. And so we all have our own little different languages, don't we? Well, it all started about 5,000 years ago. It came about as people began to become more prideful, arrogant. Um, 
they began using their, their intellect and resources and strength to make a name for themselves. They wanted to be known. They wanted to, to put their name on the wall, okay, you might say. And in, the, in doing so, they went against God's will. They went against God's teaching and what they wanted to do. And so we find this story in Genesis chapter 11. It's called the Tower of Babel. Turn with me again, if you will, and we'll begin looking at that. <clears throat> I find it interesting, too, that there's an online study course uh, called Babel, okay? And they teach 13 different languages, okay, through an inter Internet course. I find that kind of interesting. But this morning, we're going to discover where all those different languages came from and, and, and how they got started, okay? We look at Genesis chapter 11, we back up to Genesis chapter 10, chapter 10 and 11 are kind of like a bridge, you might say, from the flood and Noah's world to Abraham and to Jesus and into our world. And we see throughout the Bible, there's a, there's a theme that runs throughout the Bible about Babylon, a.k.a. Babel or Shinar, um, which is modern day Iraq, Okay. Babylon, the city of Babylon is mentioned over 260 times in the Bible, second only to Jerusalem. And so we see the, the, the name it's made for itself, okay? And that name is going to be played out to the very, to the very end of time. Amen. But Babylon represents mankind uniting together in chaos, but against God. Not for the good of God, but for God. And it's, Babylon is, is a is in battle, I guess you might say, against God to see who has the power and who has the authority. If you will, again, in, in Genesis chapter 11, <clears throat> verses 1 through 9, follow along with me or read along with me. If you have your Bible, it'll be on the screen as well. It says, Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. And as men moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar, and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they used bricks instead of stone, tar for mortar. And then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. And the Lord said, if, if as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. And so the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it's called Babel, because the Lord confused their language of the whole earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. And when you read this story, you can see that, that pride had already begun to, to take root in, in these people's hearts as they moved into what we know as Iraq. <coughs> and the story is a result of, of humanity not wanting to live for God living for themselves, for their own desires, for their own pleasures, again, to, to glorify themselves. And ever since the Tower of Babel, that's what men have wanted to do, to bring glory to themselves and not to God. 
You see, after the flood, these people made a significant gains in architectural and mathematical gains in knowledge. And they used this knowledge that they had to begin to, to build this huge city and this tower that would reach into the skies. The tower was called a, a ziggurat, which is basically a pyramid. You see it on the front of your bulletin. Basically a pyramid with steps around the outside so they can get to the top. Steps or a ramp. Anyway, so that you could get from the bottom to the top. But as a result of the pride that they had in, in their heart and in their life, they wound up being the root cause of their own problems, the root of their own chaos that they brought into their lives. And folks, let me just tell you right now that when we decide to build our lives on the, on the shifting sands of this world, we invite chaos into our life. When we decide to, to, to build our life on the ways of the world, we invite chaos into our lives. And so we look at this story in uh, the, the Tower of Babel. We've probably all heard of it. Uh, but it says in verse 1, Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. One language and a common speech. Before all this happened, everyone spoke the same language. <laughs> Think of how much easier things would be if that were the case. Think about how easy that would be if the entire world spoke the same language. You've got the people in Ukraine that are, that are coming over and, and speaking Ukraine and, 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 you know, refugees settling all across the world. Again, interspersing those languages in different areas. At most school, they have, they have a, a three languages or, or students that only speak Spanish, Russian, or Japanese. At Pinnacle, they have students that only speak Spanish, Hindi or Filipino. There's an elementary school in, in Spartanburg, Hendrick Elementary, that a few years ago they had 32 different languages in their school. Administrator's nightmare. But how much easier would it be for us to speak the same language? Think about international business, international trade, uh, schooling, and of course mission work. And, and, and carrying out the gospel to the ends of the earth. You know, these missionaries, they go through years of training to learn how to speak these languages. You know, in seminary, you take, you know, several years of language in Hebrew and, and, and Aramaic or Greek to learn how to speak their language. And so think about how much easier it would be if we all had always spoken the same language. Even if we all speak the same language today. So what we've just said is that even in, even in, in, in this little circle of our, the world that we live in, there are a multitude of languages that can't really communicate. That don't have that common language. It all goes back to this story. We find in verse 2 it says, As the people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. Well, right there in verse 2, they, they, they're found disobedient to God. Because after the flood, back in, in Genesis chapter 9, verse 2, Jesus tells the people to go and scatter across the world, to, to spread across the world and multiply. He didn't say to find a place and settle down. 
He said to start spreading across the world and settle down. But what did they do instead? They settled down, didn't they? They settled in, in Iraq as we know it today. They said to each other, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. You see, again, it was all about them. It was all about their, their ingenuity and their skill. In fact, they didn't want to use what, what God provided. It says that they wanted to, to make their own bricks instead of using the stones that God provided. Tar for mortar, it says. And so here they had, they had settled down where God told them not to settle. They made bricks when, of their own making when God had provided stones for them. And then it says, then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city. Let's build ourselves a city <coughs> with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. In other words, come and, and look at us. Look what I have. Look what I did. Oh, the pride. Come, let us build ourselves a city. Build a tower that reaches into the heavens. I was working on this sermon yesterday. Uh, my little four-year-old Knox was in the den playing, and, and I had no clue, or he had no clue. <laughs> I had a clue what I was preaching on. He had no clue what I was preaching on. <clears throat> and he was over in the corner playing with some blocks. Go ahead and throw that up, Courtney. If you see that, I'm over there working, and, and Knox says, Papa, Look what I made. Look at the tower I made. And I thought, that was Genesis chapter 11. Look at what I made. But that was the beginning of, of all the confused languages that we, that we know today, the different languages that we know today. When Knox was just a, a year old or so, um, <clears throat> I used to, you know, in his little babbling words and I would babble a little bit and and uh so anyway I taught him to speak Chinese. Listen. Can you talk Chinese? <laughs> So that was my uh, online or, or my English or, or Chinese language for him. But anyway, you know, you, you and you've all probably heard the song. Um, it's hard to be humble. It's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. I can't wait to look in the mirror because I get better looking every day. You all heard that. I know Gene has, and I know Bob has. Uh, they came in this morning singing that when they, saw the, when, when they saw the title of the message today. But then you have the lady that went to the doctor, and, and uh, she went to the doctor, and she, 
She said, doctor, look at me. She said, I woke up this morning. My hair was frazzled. It was a mess. It was wiry and, and looked horrible. My, my skin is pasty and pale and wrinkled and bags under my eyes. Look at me. I look aside. What's wrong with me, doctor? And the doctor looked at her for several minutes. and He said, well, I, I can tell you one thing for sure. There's nothing wrong with your eyesight. You know, we all take a little pride in the way we look, don't we? We all, we all want to look nice, don't we? But it seems to me that pride is, is woven into our DNA. It's part of who we are. It's something we can't get rid of. We want greatness. We want influence. We want recognition. But we want it apart from God. Again, look at what I did. Look at who I am. You see, when, when pride takes over, it's all about us. It's not about anybody else. It's certainly not about God. It's about, it's about us. And here we see that in this passage. Let us build ourselves a city. Let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered across the earth. Oh, you mean like what God said to do? We see the, the pride oozing from this, from, from this passage. You see, God wants us to make a name for Him. He wants all the glory. Our glory will come in heaven. He wants all the glory in this world. And doesn't that sound so much like our world today? There's no fear of God. There's no awe of God. There's no reverence to, for, for God. We don't care what God thinks, teaches, or commands. No, it's all about us. It's about what we want. Look at me. Look who I am. Look what I have. Me, me, me. We live in a me world, don't we? I find it interesting that, that, that these, this city, these, these folks wanted to, to make this magnificent, big, huge city so everybody would be in awe of them and what they had done and and then look at the next verse, verse, verse 5. It says, The Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. I want you to notice the irony here. What's it say? In, in, in their eyes, they're making this huge city, this huge uh, tower that's going to reach up into the heavens. Everybody's going to be in awe. But what does the Lord do? The Lord has to come down to see their city. The Lord has to come down. Folks, what we think is big is nothing in the eyes of God. What we think is huge is small in the eyes of God. Think about it. He created the heavens and the earth. He created the mountains and the seas. For His thoughts and His ways are bigger, amen, than our thoughts and our ways. And He continues on in verse 6. It says, The Lord said, If, if anyone, if, if as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. Amen. That is when it started. When the Lord went down and confused their language. And God was like, hey, if y'all don't scatter, if y'all don't do what I say, I'll just make you scatter. I'll get it to where y'all can't get along and you have to move out. If God didn't stop their disobedience, what would they do? Where would they, where would they wind up? Where would, where would it all stop? 
And so he miraculously made them to, to all speak different languages, different language groups. And since they couldn't communicate, they stopped all their work on the town and the building and the, and the tower, and they scattered throughout the ends of the earth. You see, pride was the downfall of Babel. And pride is the downfall of so many people today. Abraham Lincoln said, We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace. Too proud to pray to the God that made us. Our world today is too proud to acknowledge God as our Lord and Savior, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Our world today is, is too proud to pray for God, to God. Our, our society today is trying to take God out of everything around us to try to secularize every aspect of our world. And we're letting them do it. Folks, in our pride, when we're filled with pride, it tells God, we don't need you. We don't need you anymore, God. We're good on our own. We can take care of it of ourselves. You see, pride comes before the fall when, when we focus more on the things of this world, on the things of below instead of the things above. And when we neglect the rock of the ages and settle for the sinking sand of society, folks, pride is taking over if we don't focus on the rock of ages. Amen? D.L. Moody said, I believe firmly that the moment our hearts are emptied of pride and selfishness and ambition and everything that is contrary to God's law, the Holy Spirit will fill every corner of our hearts. But if we're full of pride and ambition and the world, there is no room for the Spirit of God. We must be emptied before we can be filled. And folks, are we emptying ourselves of that prideful nature? Amen. You see, if we're not careful, pride will take root in our hearts too. We must be emptied of our pride and truly humble before we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to let go of everything in our life and release it to God to say, here it is, have your way with us? Are we willing to surrender? Or do we still want to hold on to just a little bit? You see in verse 8 and 9, it says, so the Lord scattered them. Scattered them from there over all the earth. And they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel. Because the Lord confused their language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Pride was a trademark of Babylon. For thousands of years Babylon has been seen as a symbol of great evil and, and in opposition to the ways of God. You might even say that it's called the, the, the city of Satan. But don't we see that same attitude in our world today? Don't we see that same pride and arrogance living out in, in so many uh, areas of, of this country today? 
Our society wants to, wants to name everything, doesn't it? People want their name on everything. They want recognition and acknowledgement for this. Look what I did. Look what I have. They want all the glory now. But God's Word says that our glory will come in heaven if we give it to Him in this world. But oh, how, oh, how we're taking the glory in this world today. We deny God and His ways. We think about Babel 5,000 years ago. and Babel is revisited today when people worry too much about their own needs and not, and not trusting in God. Babel is revisited today when people put their focus on the things of this world, their earthly wants, their fleshly desires, instead of the heavenly things that God calls us to. Babel is revisited today when, when people are searching for alternative ways to heaven instead of going through Christ Jesus. Babel is re, revisited today when, when we focus on and have a self-interest instead of an interest in the kingdom of God. Babel is revisited today when, when people follow the popular opinion of the world instead of God's Word. But God's Word says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Babel is revisited when we invest more in the earthly kingdom than we do the kingdom of God. In Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21, Jesus said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Folks, there are more, there are families in this world today, there are families in this country today that spend more on dog food than they do on the kingdom of God. Amen. Think about that for a few minutes. James chapter 4, verses 4 through 8. It says, You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity with God, against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be friends of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that he is jealous that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us. But he gives us more grace. That's why scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Yeah. Folks, we, we can... We need to be in complete awe of who God is and what He does. We, we, we should be in complete awe and humbled in His presence for He is the one that, that places the stars in their place. He is the one that puts, paints the rainbows in the sky. He is the one that, that holds the oceans in place. He is the one that rises the sun in the morning and pushes it down at night. He is the one that controls it all and we are all part of His plan. And folks, if we're not humbled by that very thought, then we need to check our heart because we're too filled with pride. Amen, you see, the sin of the people that were building Babylon, they, were, they had left God out of their lives. Uh -huh. 
God wasn't consuming their lives. God wasn't the main priority in their life. And so this morning we ask, are we guilty of the same thing? Are we guilty of the same thing? So today will we humble ourselves? Humble yourselves in the sight of God. And, and, and James 4.10 says that, that He will lift us up. Humble yourself and, and accept God's will for your life. Humble yourself and accept God's will for your family. Humble yourself in your marriage to your spouse. Humble yourself to serve God and follow Him wherever He leads, whatever He wants you to do. Will you humble yourself? Will you humbly come on bended knee however God leads you? Will you come on bended knee and follow God wherever He goes, whatever He wants you to do? Will you come bowing before the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Will you come and seek His face for your, for your family, for your wife, for your husband, for your spouse, for your for your career, that we would be obedient in everything that we do. But it first happens when we humble ourselves. Are we willing to do that? Or are we too filled with pride? It is hard to be humble. But it's not. When you compare our life to God. When you recognize His majesty, His beauty, His grandeur, His power and authority. How is God leading you to respond to Him this morning? Let's pray together. Father God, your word is convicting. And God, as we look at the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, one that was a perfect example of humility, one who came and lived a perfect life, who died our death in our place, who God raised from the dead, proving that He was the Son of God, proving that He could forgive sin, proving that He could grant eternal life. God, we humbly bow before Your throne today, seeking Your guidance, Your wisdom, Your direction in our life, for whatever that is. Lord, hear our hearts and hear our prayers. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.